Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to debate cancel culture. Oh, debate. I I think debate because uh, you implied that you might not agree with me, which I find hard to believe because I think my uh, views on this are airtight perfect. You would think that because they're your views. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a debate. We'll see. Uh, This is something I care a lot about. And, um, we're going to use fresh examples, and we're going to talk about whether cancel canceling someone is a good idea, and what are going to be the long-term repercussions of that. Yeah. There you go. Before That's, that, it's Joker story time, and John, you're up. It is my turn. Uh, I had a memory the other day. Uh, I've mentioned a long time ago, I mentioned my good friend Toby. He's my only continuous friend from high school. I still hang out with him. And uh, great people that I hung out with in high school, but you know how it is. You just, you don't, if you went to high school with John and you're listening to this, please do not be offended. He still likes you. I don't think, man, I don't think anybody that I knew in high school is listening to this. Not even Toby. And we're (laughs) buddies. Uh, it's this really weird thing. Um, like I was, I was in deep at Northwest. Well, that's, that's not even true. I bet you 90% of the students at Northwest could not point me out of a crowd or tell you my name. And it's a small school. I think that's uh, not illogical. No. No. I I graduated college of 2,000 students. I was the director of student ministries. I, I had uh, Wednesday chapel for my entire senior year was mine. Mm. I only preached once, but I was in charge of that chapel service, sure. and I hosted it every week. And I bet you 80% of the people I went to college with don't know who I am. Well, my other buddy, Alan, who does listen to this, hi, Alan, uh, is a lot like you in in a lot of ways and going to college with him was very different because he was the guy walking across campus with him was torture everyone was like hey alan how's it going you know hey jim just, uh jim was the first name that came to mind probably i'm talking to you but that was not on purpose anyway high school was this to the max high school i was a ghost man in and out and uh but i had friends in kind of different groups just kind of whoever i hung out with and clicked with in my classes i had friends um, the diaspora of John's friends. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Toby is, is the only one him and I had a little group with him uh, that I, that I was like hung out with outside of class. Even that was all, he was the only friend in all of high school that hung out with. Well, there was that one class. chick that was the friend of both of you. Well, Grace, that's what I'm saying. She yeah, was in, great. Yeah, she was pretty, she was pretty awesome. She was great. Yeah. Her and a guy named Joko. Uh, he was nice anyway. So me and Toby, I, I show up to, I had to take a, another PE credit to graduate. It's my senior year. I show up to weight, weight training class and Toby's there. I'm like, Oh, hallelujah. I thought it was, you know, it was mostly sports kids and other people had to take this for, for the same reasons. And so me and Toby are weightlifting partners for this whole next year. And I had met him the year before in my Japanese class, which I took because I didn't do well at Spanish the time before that. And he had to take two things of language. <laughs> so I took Japanese two years, met him in the first one. He's a great guy. So happy to see him in, in, year two and we both took Japanese two that year so that's when we were really really buds and uh so me and Toby got pretty strong it was actually it was a lot of fun it was great it was 45 minutes of weightlifting five days a week I remember I tried to get you to call him Kunta Kente and (laughs) and you didn't even know what I was talking about yeah I didn't and I'm sure he didn't and probably still doesn't (laughs) anyway so 
every Friday at weightlifting, you'd have to run or do some kind of cardio. If the weather was really bad, you wouldn't run. Uh, but uh, normally it was a mile around the track. And then the second semester, we started doing three miles every Friday. And uh, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm not much of a runner. Uh, I got I got strong. I'll, I'll say that humbly. But but you not did much get strong. But I'm I'm curious why running was a part of weight training class. There's, um, there's no weight training in running. There isn't. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense just to keep you healthy. I guess it is. I a, think he made you run class. so you could get out of the classroom and he doesn't have to babysit you. Maybe. Well, the so the one mile was on the track right outside the weight room. So he did go out there and he watched. And uh, anyway, so I would my fastest mile is just over ten minutes, <laughs> and and this is me like wheezing, sweating as hard as I can. I didn't, you know. There's a lot of areas in life that I kind of went in half cocked with. It was this I get. I gave it this class everything I had. No joke. I think some people could and do a ten minute mile in a wheelchair. I bet you they could. If, uh, Popeye probably could. <laughs> Uh, so point being, I wasn't slacking off. This was just, this was generally as genuinely, excuse me, as hard as I could go on this. So, um, Toby, you know, didn't have a classic runner's build, but he could actually run. He, he could run the whole thing. The problem was that I couldn't run the whole thing, obviously in one go. So I would, I would run, it's four loops around this track. I would run the first one and then I would walk the second one, then I'd run the third one, and then I'd run walk the fourth one. And by the end, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, seeing blurry spots in my vision and stuff. So what would happen is I'm out there alone on, on the fourth one. Everyone's done. And I will say, for the sake of my own honor, because it bothers me, there were other big dudes who would only run three. Oh, and they, they would, would just quit they would stop and quit. They, they'd say they ran four. So I'm out there actually, you know, being genuine. I'm the last one on the track. I was like, well, that sucks. Anyway, Toby comes out. And he would every now and again, because he'd finished so far before me, run an extra lap just to run with me on the fourth one. What a guy. What a guy. And my buddy Spencer's. So this was another kind of my casual ones. He was uh, kind of uh, with, with like the athletic kids kind of jocks is interesting. I don't know if I could say there was a stereotypical jock group at Tumwater. There was like the sports guys, but they're all kind of it was it was weird. And Spencer was uh, one of those guys, but he was in my Japanese class. Generally, the people who took Japanese were either big fans of anime, which is why you took it. No, I took it because I couldn't take Spanish. I was so bad at it. (laughs) Or that reason. They didn't want to work hard in a language class and Japanese was easier. So I cannot believe as a person who had three years of Spanish, I cannot believe that Japanese would be easier than Spanish. I I can't. I look at those marks and I'm like, how do you read anything out of that? That's here's the deal. How long do you get to learn the alphabet in Spanish? You get maybe a month, the first month. They give you an entire semester, maybe more, just to learn the alphabet in Japanese. I probably would need more than that. Point being, they give you a lot of slack for learning a completely non-Latin language. Yeah. And the teacher was very, very sweet. So twofold, people knew it was an easy class. So a lot of these athletes take it. Anyway, this other guy's name was Spencer. I might have already said that. He was also very nice. And he, one time, I only remember this happening one time, where he and Toby both ran an extra lap with me. Just to give me some some uh, uh, morale boost, yeah. companionship, and it meant a lot to me. I still I still get the warm fuzzies thing back on. It was it was very meaningful, and uh, and I haven't seen Spencer especially. Man, most of these guys I can't even remember their names is the thing. That's mm-hmm. how much of a ghost it was in high school, especially teachers. And it probably also speaks to how bad my memory is. But I remember Spencer's name because he was a, a a real one that day. You know, it, it is a great story, and uh, it makes me think of a, a story I was telling your sister today. And, and and the point of all this is, in my mind, how 
how little extra energy it takes to wow someone. Yeah. And how powerful that actually is. I'm still thinking about this. You're thinking about it. Yeah. This was, oh my goodness, what, seven years ago? Yeah. A little more than that. Yeah. I've had occasionally people I knew marginally well who wowed me with their care for myself or one of my kids and sure the extra mile they went to help. It's staggering. And the thing is, that's not that hard. And anybody could do that. They might not remember it. You know, this long, they certainly don't realize how powerful it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, uh, Spencer and Toby. No way either of them is listening to this. Uh, but, uh, meant a lot. That's awesome. All right. Let's talk about cancel culture, John. So when you think of the term cancel culture, what does it mean? Uh, it means, uh, it means, uh, basically now the connotation is over the internet on the internet. You say something you're not supposed to say. And, uh, and, and it trips the secret code of this system and people don't like you anymore. It's a very, very simple thing. And they won't publish your books. They won't, uh, you, you'll get your stuff canceled. Like your actual, your book, your, your book deals, your shows, whatever it is. It's with celebrities more often than not. It's not really for like your grandma's not going to get canceled or posting a weird Facebook post. Really? It's mostly celebrities. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the 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 gal from Mandalorian uh-huh. just got canceled. Yeah, she got fired from her show for saying again. The I the pushback is going to be that I think the people who bemoan cancel culture more often than not um, are being a little dramatic about it. But but the <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the summary from that side is is there's like a secret culture code and you can't say anything against the secret culture code. Or else you you are now scum in the eyes of the greater public. And you're saying this is the this is the frame that people use who are against cancel culture, and they're making much ado about nothing is what you would say. Well, the thing is, I don't hear cancel cancel culture spoken about much from, um, I guess I, I would just call it the liberal yeah liberal side of things because it's it's generally referred to from the conservative side in um, complainants of the liberal side. Yeah, that's a great, it's an interesting observation because I would not have thought of this as a liberal versus conservative idea. However, um, the liberal culture is doing most of the canceling. Right. But we're going to use an example here in a minute of the conservative culture canceling, and it happens a lot on both sides. We probably could come up with a lot of examples of even Christians who decide to cancel someone because of their failure. Hmm. I can't think of one right now, but I would, I'm sure I know they exist. I'll probably come up with two or three during this episode. So, um, so since you minimize this thing, you don't think this is a real problem. So you, you want my, you want my spiel about it? Yeah, I do. Okay. So basically I think, and, and here's the thing for you listeners, we have not intentionally, we have not shared our deeply held beliefs about this topic because, uh, I have, um, renewed vigor on this subject. Mm-hmm. And um, I assumed we would agree, but I, I think there's going to be some pushback. Well, and I, that's a good thing. But I just want to hear you say, tell me, John, when you think, is cancel culture a problem? So here's here's my deal about it. I call this a, a locked and loaded takedown. You got one locked and loaded <laughs> about a subject. Not this particularly. Anyone, if you have a take on a subject... And it's in the chamber. Anyone asks you about it any time of day, boom, you can go off it. on yeah. this thing. That's yeah. a locked and loaded takedown. And you have one. I got uh, I got a locked and loaded uh, 
spud gun or something. You like, have a uh, locked and loaded apathy about, <laughs> about most things, but especially this. So I think people in general, societies of human beings, uh, you, you have your team and you have their team. You have yourself and you have the other. And cancel culture is no is, is nothing special, nothing new. It is simply, um, well, that guy is not on my team. It's really that easy. You said this thing, and now I don't care what you got to say. I think you shouldn't have these things. It's very much just us and them. So normally, the way I understand this, or the, the ways I most often see this, is with um, social justice kinds of topics, right? So uh, Gina Carano is a great example. She says she makes and jokes Gina Carano's about the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian woman. Yeah, she's uh, um, uh, she's a very conservative person. Yeah, and she was in the WWE for a long time, and uh, but yeah, more conservative. And she was making jokes at the expense of pronoun usage and oh, and for gender, for for yeah, trans um, mm-hmm. um, uh, pronouns. And on Twitter, you normally put in your bio. Uh, the pronouns you prefer. It's this thing. So okay. you would say he, 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 his, or she, hers, or they, them. And so she put like Uga Booga or something like that. Like just, you know, make her jo- own little on profile. her own thing. So this wasn't, um, <laughs> Uga Booga. Something. That might not even be correct, but it wasn't harassment of a particular individual. It wasn't, um, particularly it wasn't aimed vulgar. at anyone. It was just making fun of the whole, the whole oh, thing. concept. And, uh, and obviously that is, her being fired is 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 a lot, and I have issues with that. Uh, that you know, the company for her using her own social media account, Disney is not the United States government. They can fire her for any reason they want. It's not like they shouldn't have the right to do that. It just felt a little much to me. And they um, have said we fired her because of these social media things that she has done. And the most, the last one she did was comparing. She said, "Being a Republican now is like being a Jew during the Holocaust." Was was a tweet? Yes. And that was the that was the straw. So that one especially, I thought. Well, if you had said, if some you know other actor had said being a Democrat now is like being a Jew in the Holocaust, they wouldn't have gotten fired. They would have been made fun of, and they and no one would respect them. But they so, wouldn't have gotten fired. Yeah. For it. So here's my question. I thought we were a land of free speech, right? Which means you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't use your speech like that. These things that she has done, while you might agree or disagree with them, they do not strike me as terminable offenses. But should, you know, we are both about the freedoms of corporations You to an even greater extent than I. Should Disney not have the right to, to terminate an employee for potentially saying things that could potentially harm their brand and their identity as a company? Okay. Um, John Wayne Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, in the matter of three and a half hours or so. A quote from a movie of his or a quote from his life from 1954 emerged and the city council called immediate meetings and they renamed John Wayne Airport in California to take his name off of it because of something he said in 1954. Is that mm-hmm. a good idea or a bad idea? I think it's silly. And so so here's my the, the other half of my locked and loaded okay. spud gun on cancel culture is it's not at all about the actual offense in really any way for for most of government or governance or most of um um big scale where where the attention goes on the planet it's not about the offense it's about the pressure uh that quote could have existed for another 200 years and no one ever saw the movie again and no one made a tweet about it and no one cares and john wayne's still on that airport and he's still got the statue but it, because of the pressure 
me a uh, major pain. You might feel a little pressure. <laughs> uh, when I'm trying to think of an example, the, the Australia fires becomes a big thing. People say, how, what are you, what, what kind of money are you sending to the relief ever for the Australian fires? This is back at the, like the start of 2020. And if you say nothing or during the BLM uh, protests, if you don't post black Tuesday or whatever day it was, mm-hmm. uh, then you are racist. So it's not about, so is, I would be led to believe, hey, are these fires worse than um, the, you know, starving on, children, starving children, ongoing genocide, the Chinese uh, uh, oppression of their people? Is this worse than any of those? No, but that's where the pressure is right now. That's where the mic is right now. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual offense. It doesn't have anything to do with Gina's actual tweets. It has to do with constituencies of Disney making a fuss about it. And Disney now feels pressure to acquiesce. And that's all it takes, really. So okay. so let's use an example that's older. Sure. Because I think cancel culture is something that we wrestle with forever. It's just way worse exactly. now. That was my first thing, is that, yeah. that technology makes it more loud. Yeah. But it's always existed as just simple team playing. Yeah. So Pete Rose uh, played baseball. Probably not a name you recognize. Yeah. Okay. He uh, uh, gambled and then wasn't able to get into the Hall of Fame. Right. He gambled on sports. He gambled on baseball. But he never gambled on his own games. I wouldn't know who Pete Rose is. Well, I wasn't sure. Um, so uh, Pete Rose gambled. It's against the – you can't do that. He's banned from baseball for life. He cannot be a manager, a coach. He can't do any of that. Uh-huh. And um, and yet, uh, if a guy was throwing games, his stats would show it. But he has okay. Hall of Fame stats. So he never threw a game. He never – you know, he's never been accused of uh, slacking his performance to alter the outcome of a game. For sure. And um, – <clears throat> He's apologized. This has been going on for years. Yeah. He's one of the best catchers in the history of the game, but he's not allowed in the hall because of this. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know if I immediately see the connection between this and cancel culture. This is he broke the rules of an establishment, and the establishment reacted. Um, this isn't him saying, you know, he laments that Jackie Robinson was able to play in the league or something. You know, it's not like... He didn't say a racist thing. Right. So canceled versus punitive kind of action, like Barry Bonds with a steroids deal. It's like, that's not really canceled. He's punished. Okay. Um, statues being pulled down all over the country because someone was a slave owner, even though they were a pivotal part of American history. Good yeah. thing or bad thing? Mm. Well, you, you you hit the nail on the head and you talk about my apathy. It's tough for me to care about a lot of these. <laughs> uh it's, that's a bad thing, it, and it depends. I wouldn't say I wouldn't put a blanket statement on every single statue being accused of whatever and being needed to tear down. I wouldn't say every one of those is a bad thing, but I would say in general, the obvious current example is Ravi Zacharias. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravi had a secret life of grotesque mistreatment of women. Um, he had an elaborate system of four different cell phones. Mm-hmm. managing his life secretly and he was pressuring women into sex basically sexually assaulting them you could call it rape that's legally probably what it is mm-hmm. and i mean emotionally to the victims it's probably certainly it's that he would make these women pray with him and give thanks to god before they would have sex with him he's funding housing for women who do this out of ministry dollars mm-hmm uh, it's just dark. The whole thing's just grotesquely dark, and he is 
he was perceived as a prince among princes of ministers. Yeah. This has been a severe blow to you and me, to several of my friends. Uh, it's hard for them to even get their arms around it. Yeah. Now, um, I forwarded you a blog. This is what triggered this conversation for me because there's a blog I was I was very much moved by. And if you could, John, remind me of the writer's name on that blog and maybe uh, the title of the blog. Yeah, so this is uh, titled uh, My Response to Ravi's Fall by Felicia uh, Masonheimer. It has oh. a guest opinion on uh, julieroys.com. Yeah, Julie Royce has a, um, a, a blog, and she guest posted this one. And um, this gal made a ton of great points about the problem of celebrity pastors she quotes somebody as saying it's lonely at the top. We have a lot of current sexual failures. So mm. the Hillsong guys and talking uh, about accountability in, in yeah. leaders and yeah. yeah. And, great. and that we shouldn't be worshiping men, but, but in there she, she says, you know, um, I will not quote his books anymore. I won't read his books anymore. Yeah. And, and yet she had earlier said that he was a pivotal part of her own process and a resource she frequently referred to to help people who struggled with um, intellectually getting their arms around faith issues. Sure. Um, and now, because of this secret life he had, she will no longer utilize him as a resource. Now, yeah. is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? This is kind of this is what I'm driving at. We respond by carving someone completely out. What's the guy's name? Who's the actor? Your uh, baby driver, he's in there. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. So Kevin Spacey has this dark, really horrific part of his life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's gone. He's vanished from the planet. Yeah. Bill Hybels was a pastor who had tremendous influence, not just in my life, but in lots of ministers' lives. He's he, one of the most pivotal tools or uh, instruments of of pragmatic reformation of church ecclesiology. And um, he did not have intercourse with any other women, but he was, um, you know, he was inappropriate. Sure. And now canceled. His books are off shelves. He's he's gone. Now, he never would admit that he did anything. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea that <clears throat> someone is flawed, uh, perhaps criminal, and now nothing is of value from their life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of this, so I, I have a really hard time with, with giving you systemic answers to this is how the world should handle this. All I've really got for you is how personally I would handle this or basically it boils down to, to the value of things. So um, I think you should be able to pick up a copy of Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler and read it. I think anybody should be you able still to can. That. Yeah. And that's yeah. great. And I think that's good for free speech. I think that is a good thing. So you don't think that book should be blackballed and burned no. and never published again? No. Uh, in the cases of um, freedom of speech restriction of uh, literature specifically in America, that's gone all the way to the Supreme Court and been upheld. The only times it's been the case that I can remember that I from from my schooling uh, was a book on how to, it was a tutorial on how to hire a hitman to kill people for you. Mm. It was a, it was a, from a, from a hit, hit ban, instructing people on how to find and pay hitmen to kill people. Wow. And it was banned 
for clear reasons. It, it, <laughs> and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they said it should still be banned. And you still can't find it in America. Wow. So uh, You've been looking for it? I've been looking for it. Do I, I need to hire some security detail? <laughs> Good luck. I got the book, man. No one's getting <laughs> getting past me. No, I learned about it for for my media law class in college. Um, but anyway, so I do think there are examples of this where that should be the case. But freedom of ideas, freedom of expression is all very important. So, um, but what it comes down to me is two twofold: uh, the disparity of offenses. Uh, you have a guy, like you said, who was maybe inappropriate, a guy like uh, uh, Louis C.K. In the, in the Me Too movie right, right. who exposed himself to women. And you have guys like Kevin Spacey, you brought up, yeah. who had sex with minors right. you know, when they were drunk at parties. Right. Actual uh, uh, statutory, excuse me, statutory, statutory rape, right, like, like right. very, very different offenses. Mm-hmm. Ravi's offense and that other pastor you mentioned, very different offenses in mm-hmm. my opinion. So you have different responses logically for these people with different offenses. I think there should be uh, instead of a blanket. Well, Kevin Spacey's canceled the same as Louis C.K. Is what Louis C.K. did good? No, but it's a far cry from, you know, sex with minors. So um, that's one. And two is what is it worth um, on its own? So Ravi's works, right? Is part of her article was, yeah, he was a, a charismatic, very eloquent, very, very smart theologian. Um, did Ravi say anything that you could not find in scripture, other pastors, you know, like, like what really would it be worth to fight for this very, very extraordinarily complicated legacy to remain on shelves at the potential, you know, danger of his victims, uh, uh, uh recovery of anything of, of for the, the sake of the, uh, visage of the church, what it says about us to keep this book there. Mm-hmm. What is it worth to really keep that there? Yeah. So I have, I have uh, two issues that I think are wrong with this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I think we should do our commercial and our book report and then talk about those two and get your feedback on them. I think that's a great idea because, um, because I think this is, I think this is uh, way more important than it feels to you, and I think the impact of this on our culture over a span of time here, which is accelerated because of COVID, and that we we seem to be in this rapidly moving world, mm-hmm. and I think the impact is going to be significant. Well, I'm excited to get to it. First, let's do let's do that book report. So, okay, this is our new uh, kind of show and tell where you just talk about a book you've either read or are mm-hmm. reading, mm-hmm. and that means a lot to you or that you find interesting, and let us have it. Yeah. So this is interesting for me because uh, almost all the books I read, my family members do not enjoy hearing about them because mm. <laughs> they are serious, they are um, psychological, theological, whatever. Sure. Sure. Uh, but this book is one of the greatest books ever. It's one of the greatest books ever, and it's pure entertainment. And it is called Minute Work by George Will. I thought you were going to say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. No, that's a good book, too. But this is uh, th- that's not just entertainment. That is that is get your act together kind so, of thing. Oh, so this has no value other than entertainment. It makes you fall in love with baseball. Gotcha. It is a baseball book by George Will, who was a political columnist, Pulitzer Prize winner, this guy, some people, when I've had them read this book, had to have a dictionary next to them. I made Julie read this book 
and she is forever in love with the game of baseball because of this book. If you read this book, I would say if you have, just as a challenge, if you think baseball is the dumbest game, <laughs> my friends, I have friends who say it's so slow and so boring. You read this book, you will fall in love. It's about the craft of baseball, and he takes four aspects of baseball, managing, pitching, hitting, and fielding. Mm-hmm. And he uses one person as an example for each. He studies them, interviews them. So Tony Larusa for managing, um, for pitching is Oral Hershiser, Hall of Famer. For hitting is uh, Tony Gwynn, and for fielding is um, Cal Ripken Jr. And um, I'm telling you, man, it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. That's awesome. Julie fell in love with baseball from it. It's just a very cool read. And when was it written? Long time ago. Still. Long time ago. And it's just, it, it's a sports classic. It, it, it is heralded as one of the best sports books ever written. I don't know if I've ever read a sports book. but You should read Minute Work. I'm, sure I'm telling you, it. John, it is so stinking good. That's awesome. So there's my book review, uh, my book sell, my book encouragement. Yeah. And uh, I would love to hear anybody who reads it. Give me your feedback. It's a, it's a classic. Well, there you go. Let's do our uh, commercial break, and we will be right back. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash Jim and John. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our little commercial there and for the listening to this whole thing in general. Uh, your time means a lot to us and hopefully we're giving you at least something to be mad about or, or something. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so you had... Two more points to me. I got two things I want to talk about that I'm concerned about. Okay. The first one is the lesser of the ones. But it is, I'm afraid this is leading to rewriting history. Mm. You take uh, all this stuff about our founding fathers. There is history being rewritten constantly. Um, It started way back, at least in my modern history, my modern mind. It started way back with Christopher Columbus when people made a big deal about what a lousy human being he was. Sure. And they wanted to get rid of Columbus Day, and they you know, wanted to redefine um, that whole mission. And um, I fear that we're losing the nuance and the complexity of the human experience by saying it can only be one thing. Mm-hmm. It's either good or it is bad. Sure. And we're going to have a generation coming up who grow up in that world who will not understand the complexities of the human experience because everybody who was bad has been canceled. And they might start to have psychological issues with themselves thinking, 
I now should be canceled. <laughs> I'm sure. unworthy to have anything good because that guy that got canceled, the, the Me Too movement scared every man in America. It terrified all of us, mm-hmm. not because we're all Me Too women abusers, but because it made you think, what have I done? What have I said? Have I accidentally done something? You know, and it made everybody petrified. I think that the the psychological ramifications of this are serious, but I think more than that, accurate history, being able to understand the complexities of the three-fifths compromise, for example, to understand the political implications of that, as well as the human digni- dignity issues with it. It's a complicated thing, and it should be studied for the complexity that it is. Mm-hmm. And so if you have uh, founding fathers who were complicated, who were Martin Luther King, suddenly, for some reason, he gets a pass on all these moral rules because the guy had women everywhere and he was a moral mess. But he was also amazing. He changed mm-hmm. the world and we needed him. For some reason, we let we, we you know, he, he gets to not be canceled. I would say for whatever reason, womanizing men. Uh, who it was all consensual do get a pass jfk gets a pass yeah martin luther king gets a pass yeah uh but yeah yeah any amount of bigotry or 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 violence is kind of for like like i'm talking about the cultural code the invisible code right uh bigotry and violence is not okay cheating on your wife is okay stealing is okay to 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 think that people should not get to choose their pronouns Mm-hmm. You're going to be canceled because you think people should should stick to the pronoun that their gender gave them, their birth gave them. That's a cancelable offense. Mm-hmm. To me, that borders on the insane because we're losing the dignity of free thought. If you're going to have free thought, then you have to give freedom for people to think stupidly. Yeah. But if we're going to cancel everybody who's stupid, we're going to cancel all of us. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Sure. Do you have a reaction to that? Yeah, to that I would say, for one, I you know you agreed that this is kind of a eternal human issue. Uh, the celebrity factor of it is is more or less new. I think of Marlon Brando, one of the worst people who's ever been famous. <laughs> Seriously, garbage, garbage man. I don't know anything about it. Oh my goodness, the worst. And uh, and he wasn't canceled in his lifetime. He yeah. was getting paid. You know, by the time of the Superman movie, he was overweight lazy mean to everybody and they paid him out the ear to say 10 lines that he didn't even memorize he read them really on camera in one take he said he wouldn't do any more takes <laughs> guys garbage <laughs> and uh and that's not even mentioning assaulting women and stuff like that right, that's actually right. that's the actual bad stuff so but he was still getting work is my point he did not get canceled and this right. was all mostly public knowledge so now we are in an era of hypersensitivity uh, I would give pushback on the Me Too movement. I would say that f- that um, fear or hesitancy of all men was on purpose, and I would say that it was a good thing for the industry that the Me Too movement took place in. It may, it, well, it, moved, it helped us all to improve. Yeah. We needed self-awareness, yeah. and yeah, so I didn't mean, but my fear is that a young person might um, have a, they might have said, well, in golf, this mm-hmm. golfer misses a putt, and he yells out, a uh, homosexual slanderous word. Sure. Is this real? Is yes. It okay. just happened a few weeks ago. And he is by all accounts with everyone around him who, who knows him. He's one of the most amazing human beings on planet earth, hmm. but he missed a putt and he shouts out this word and he didn't, he, he didn't shout it and scream it, but a mic was close enough that heard it. Yeah. 
and he's apologized profusely. And as far as I know right now, he has not been canceled, but there's been an effort. Yeah. Um, so I think my fear is that people, young people, uh, kids, um, it's the same thing with divine election. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't chosen. Maybe I wasn't chosen. I keep trying to know God and I keep wanting, but, but man, I keep sinning. And they say that if I'm sinning, I'm not chosen. Yeah. And, and you go into this tailspin of self identity. I think I don't, I haven't thought of that. So I don't immediately have a take on that. Uh, but on your points about history, you know, the Christopher Columbus stuff, right. Uh, I think I would separate um, historical study and celebration. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yes, as soon as you get into the part of rewriting history or uh, or we're not going to teach about Columbus because he was such a a-hole. Right, it's right. like, well, that's not right. But you get in celebration. We have a day for Columbus. Does like, you know, we have a day for like Genghis Khan. It's like, I don't think so. Like, we shouldn't. Right. Well, that's we should I, learn about him. And that's we, where I say with Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, put yeah. him in the Hall of Fame. If you don't want to put his bust there, then just put a picture of him. And tell the story. Here's one of the best catchers in the history of the game. He also got caught gambling on sports. He got caught gambling on baseball. We don't know for sure he bet against or for his own team, but or ever bet on a game he played in, but he gambled. Mm-hmm. But statistically, he's one of the best that ever played. Let's tell the truth about that. Sure. And that is interesting because he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He does. Statistically. But that's where I would draw that, that there. I would say there is a difference between remembering and celebrating okay here's my final and most weighty uh frustration with this okay if cancel culture is correct we got to take king david out of the bible Mm. this guy took a man's wife got her pregnant tried to hide the pregnancy had her husband killed in battle to hide his sin and yet we still read about him in the bible we read the psalms Name our kids after him. Yes. In today's culture, they would pull the Psalms out of the Bible. They would pull everything he wrote out of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And here's the deal. This is what I'm learning big time is people are more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And we're all sinners. If you're not allowed to have sin, to have a valued opinion on a totally different topic, then none of our opinions matter. Mm -hmm. So... God loves using canceled people. Man, a guy gets his daughter-in-law pregnant because she posed as a prostitute. Mm -hmm. Uh, These stories are told in the Bible without blush, without uh, doctoring them up. Yeah. We can handle the truth. We can handle that the gal who's in the Mandalorian has hyper-conservative views. Um. And still appreciate the art. The gal who went to prison for uh, bribery to get her kid in the colleges. Okay, mm. her acting career is over. I don't. I haven't heard about this. Oh my gosh, man! She she was in. Well, she's in uh, Where Calls the Heart. Uh, oh, okay. So you probably missed out on that because it's <laughs> not so. macho enough for your or not enough uh, science fiction in there. But uh, I watch a lot of stuff, man. You're not giving me enough credit. <laughs> It's a Hallmarkish kind I of show. I watch Ken Burns documentaries. I don't need lightsabers and all my. Media. And she broke the law to get her kid into Stanford, and it, and she went to prison. But she's a great actress, and she was doing a good job, and that had nothing to do with acting. And should she really not be allowed to act anymore? I have a friend who uh, worked in the Trump White House, cannot find a job because mm. Trump White House is on her resume. All the Trump resorts have been canceled. The PGA was going to have a golf event at a Trump resort 
and after the Capitol uh, invasion, they canceled that event and moved it to a different venue. Mm-hmm. This uh, this cancel punishment because you were a thing means that you that nothing of value in your life ever counts. Sure, I think it's a radical mistake, and it's a at the end of the day. It means that none of us have a legitimate opinion because we're all sinners, and it takes out the 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 frustration and beauty that human beings are more than one thing. Yeah. If a friend lies to me, I've had this policy now in my life. If a friend lies to me, they're out. I, I won't be their friend anymore. Dang. One strike. One strike. If it's a meaningful strike, if they lie about something stupid, I'm like, why did you lie to me about that? Uh, but I've been burned. I've been burned by employees who lied to me. I gave them another shot, and they hurt badly. They hurt people. Mm. And my basic conviction is if you're lying, if you're 25 years or older and you're still lying, this is a lifetime issue. But I'm wrong about cutting them out of my life. I was going to say, I don't really know how this fits with your with your first. Well, bit, I'm yeah. saying that I'm wrong about that, and I'm rethinking that. You were canceling. Yes. And canceling is a non-biblical idea, I think. Yeah. It's a weakness of our culture. It's sabotaging our culture. And it's not teaching us the complexities of the human being and how to move forward in a healthy uh, developmental way with human beings. That's my that's my core beef. Yeah. So my only answer to that is totally. And that 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 this is um, this is no different to me than than just shaking your fists at human nature again, Mm -hmm. that this is, you know, uh, what did it take to get? crucified back in the in in the times of of jesus not a lot one of those guys was a thief and he's just up he's up there crucified it's like that's all it took man Mm -hmm. your job is a tax collector and if if a man so much as eats in your home he's vilified right this this is a eternal human it really is yeah so it's hard for me to uh necessarily equate this to what we see now with with this sort of uh hypersensitivity you know we it this thing, you know, a person lies to me, they're out. Uh, I, my sister, uh, Julie, has a very, very strong hatred for, for lying. I've never heard her say a, a code in that way. Mm-hmm. But but it's this this um, this thing. And, and it's not even necessarily wrong. Like you said, it's practical. It's it, it, You keep them around. You know they're dishonest. It's only going to happen again. Mm-hmm. My thing... So this will be. I don't. I don't have as much to say about the second one, except I. I very much. The thing about David is is true. That's very much true. That if he was a historical figure that we celebrated, if we had, if he had a statue outside of the White House, they'd be tearing it down. Yeah. So and you know he's in heaven. Like you know right. we're gonna see right. him up there. Right. He's, he's the father of, of right. Jesus in, in in his human lineage. Yeah. I mean, you can't really argue much about that. So it, it's that's very true. And you mentioned uh, on Wednesday on the prayer and worship the, I don't even judge myself, the second Corinthians, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that so much can we not judge other humans that even the author of Corinthians, Paul, Paul, he says that not because I'm innocent, but I don't judge myself because that's not my job. You God know, that, will judge me one day. He knows. Yeah. And there's no, there's no talent. And the, and it's a waste of time. Yeah. And I, cause, cause the culture wouldn't say that David should get to make the cut probably. Right. right. But they're not the judge. Right. So I'll give a takeaway for, for my, my, okay. my points, I guess. My main points with 
the um, cultural end of this. So what I what I feel is we're talking human nature, and we're talking a new sensation in um, in young internet hip culture. Yeah, there's these two kinds of things, and uh, mostly this apathy I feel hits a wall and becomes passion when we get to you know um, the cancellation of social media profiles. Very very recent uh, of people who through the justification of um, violent speech. So again, like I mentioned that hitman book, all of the examples of non-protected speech in America is because of violent, um, uh, consequences is threatening violence, um, encouraging violence. These are the only times where it really hits a wall. And so now, uh, these companies, which again, don't have to follow necessarily freedom of speech as America does, but generally they try to, to an extent, you know, sometimes not very hard. Uh, they say, well, this caused violence. So you're out. See you later. You know, I forget the number, but it was in the tens of thousands of accounts that have been canceled since the January 6th um, insurrection attempt. You know, since then, if you, if you're a Trump supporter, you helped incite violence where five people. died. So, so that's how they can justify this thing. And it's terrifying. This is when rubber meets the road. I'm very scared. Yeah. Uh, You know, there was a a ex uh, major league baseball player. I forget his name. His insurance company dropped him because he was a Trump supporter. Wow. A guy, his in health insurance, this is in his Twitter account getting, right, you know, right. deleted. He does no longer have health insurance because of what he said online. Right. That is completely George Orwell, 1984, yeah. Yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. This is when I get really scared. You're actual when the everyman. So it's not just some right. celebrity who made fun of a very sensitive uh, crowd and, and they had a stink and the company had a stink. And mm-hmm. this is, this is you or me. This is. You say something and your actual livelihood could be affected. And that uh, is now much more real than it was even a year ago. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of stuff that really freaks me out. And I wanted to say that because I have beef with this kind of stuff. I just find myself more in the middle, I suppose. Uh, well, think do. of the chick on The Mandalorian. You think yeah. anybody else is going to hire her for an acting job yes. after Disney just cut her? She actually got hired by uh, Ben Shapiro's media company to do a movie. She's going to write and direct her own movie uh-huh. as a response because they're obviously yeah conservative, conservative, and, and it's kind of the it's kind of the uh, taking care of their own kind of thing, right? So yes, coincidentally, but I see what you're saying that yeah. that a lot of these people don't get that opportunity. Yeah. All right. Well, John, thanks for man. I, I find your feedback very, very uh, thoughtful, and it's helpful. And yeah, and I don't, I hope you, I mean, I learned a lot, even just from the, the David thing alone was like a big flick on the nose. I hope you don't think that I was just dismissing all your, Oh, not at all. Not stuff. at all. Good. So, uh, Hey, we hope this has been a, a thought provoking conversation for you as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can send them to us at info at Jim and John.com. No yeah. H in the John. And do you have a takeaway? I forgot to ask, you know, my takeaway is that, um, and this is a thought that carries over. We probably ought to have a whole episode on this about the complexity of reality Mm. that in, and I'm, this is helping me so much that at any moment in time, multiple things are true at the same time. For sure. So for example, if you feel, um, if you feel like you're being unfairly treated in a relationship, yeah. Um, it is possible that you are in fact being unfairly treated, neglected in some way, Mm-hmm. And it may also be, in fact, true that that person who's neglecting you has a debilitating, life-altering challenge, and their capacity to meet your needs 
doesn't exist. And both things are true at the same time. And they're both true at the same time. Yeah, that's big. And it helps you understand how to navigate then with wisdom, grace, compassion, and legitimate dealing with your loss uh, because these complex things are all true at the same time. That's what concerns me most about this whole thing. Yeah, that's big. All right. Yeah, and I, and I interrupted the spiel, but yeah, you can uh, uh, contact us either in comments on our Instagram page or direct message us on our Instagram at Jim and John. You know, if you're an Instagram user, the best way to get to any of our stuff is just to go to our bio and Instagram. We have a link tree there that gets you to everything. Yeah, gets you to our blog, newsletter, website, Patreon, yep. Yep. the whole deal. And if you're uh, not on Instagram, you can get us at info at jimandjohn.com for uh, email. Uh, or the actual website itself. There's a contact mm-hmm. form there. And we are running a special on the Pursuit books. Um, that's on our okay. web. If you, if you get our newsletter, you saw that. Um, they're normally $15 a copy. We're doing them for 12 and two for 20 If you have a desire to check that out, let us know. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. 